Payback Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's Payback Time. Should you diversify or go all in on one investment? My next guest has a passion for FIRE, financial independence, retire early, and decided to create an app that shows others how they can also achieve financial independence. In this episode, we talk about his investing journey, the pros and cons of going all in on one thing, and how he plans to see a big return on his investment. Please welcome Logan Leckie. Logan, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank you for joining me. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background? So my name's um, Logan, and, and I guess the kind of soft side of my background is a very, very keen sportsman. So I play any sport with a racket. Um, if I'm not working or playing sport, I'm probably either off a mountain or at the beach because I love my water sports as well. I'm a big kite surfer and also a big skier. So that's a soft side. Um the harder kind of stuff about me in terms of, uh, I guess, what I'm doing in my life. So I went through a career in investment banking in my early 20s and then found an entrepreneurial spark within me. So started going down the more kind of side hustle and, and an eventual full entrepreneurial route. Um, right now, currently based in London in the UK. And what else about my background? I'm also quite niche, but um, quite focused on on the UK. I'm also a bagpiper, so I play I play the mm. bagpipes as as a musical instrument, which uh, which is quite niche and something I like to tell as many people as possible about. You have quite a background there. From uh, the music one jumped out at me. Wow. Okay, so that's a, quite a talent. Um, but uh, the hobbies, it reminds me of myself a little bit. I definitely have a lot of hobbies. Not as adventurous. I don't kite surf that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little more dangerous than what I'm used to, but that sounds awesome. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today, and you've got your own app, your own business. And we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I always like to learn about how individuals like yourself, you're very entrepreneurial minded. We'll talk about that, but um, this is a show on investing, so I'm going to dive into investments a little bit. So first off, can you tell us when did you first start get like getting started in the, the world of stocks? So it started when I was about 18. And from a young age, I was always very aware of the stock market. You know, family members were investing, people would speak about it. I was just generally had a big interest in kind of what was out there. And then what eventually happened is myself and one of my very, very close friends at university or, or college over in the US got together and, and realized that we both had this kind of real interest for the stock market and this idea of kind of making our money work for us and not just having it held in cash. And back then, being an 18-year-old, we didn't have a huge income. We didn't have any income coming in. We were living a classic student life. But what we did decide to do is cobble together, I think it was at the time, 50 50 quid or 50 bucks um, each month. And then we would kind of form a mini investment committee. And at that time, we would kind of try and pick out a certain stock or we'd each come to that meeting with a couple of different stocks. And then we would decide which one we wanted to put in our, well, combined 100 um, pounds in, in, into that stock. So that's when we started 
and 18 and that's where that was my first ever experience of um, getting stuck into the stock market i love it i like any specific stocks that you still hold today so at that time it was when the cannabis industry just got legalized in canada so we actually did one of the big mistakes. We just got on the hype bandwagon and invested in, I think it was Canopy Growth, which we yeah. still hold today, but is not doing too well considering I think we invested quite near the top of that uh, nice juicy bubble. It was a bubble. I This it sounds like this was around 17, 2017. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was around then. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people, they lost their shirts uh, investing in cannabis. I actually... I invested a little, and when Canada went legal, I didn't see much of a pop. And to me, that was the tell. That was a moment like, ah, there's not a lot of upside here. And I, I fortunately did sell at the top there before everything did bottom out. <laughs> you know, a fun little run, but um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so thanks for telling us how you got started there, how much you got started with. Um, it sounds like your strategy is very speculative at the time. Um, can you tell us how has it changed since? What do you look for in businesses now? Sure. So at the beginning, I think what we got drawn into is what we thought the stock market was all about. Or maybe I should say one particular strategy was, which was, you know, let's look for single stocks and let's put our money into them and let's form some pretty primitive thesis on um, why we think that single stock is going to do well. And as kind of giddy 18-year-olds, I think, you know, we fell into quite a lot of traps there. And what I quickly realized is, unless I wanted to start spending a considerable amount of time and energy trying to gain a certain insight or edge into the stock market, I didn't want to carry on taking what I considered pretty risky bets on single stocks. And I started thinking and realizing, you know, my skill isn't in hand-selecting stocks. So instead of doing that, I'm going to move towards investing just you know, in the market and trying to diversify as much as possible. So I then started getting on the kind of ETF bandwagon and thinking, you know, I'm not going to try and take that risk. I just want globally diversified right out of the market. I was really bought into the data, which is the global stock market as, as a whole over the long run has more or less increased by 7% year in, year out, over the long run. And I thought, right, 7%, I just want to buy into that. I don't want to take the risk of investing in something like Canopy, which will go from you know 100 to zero mm -hmm. in a very short space of time. So the kind of next iteration of my investment journey was very much to diversify, invest and forget, and um, put to bed that um, individual stock market hat, which I was wearing when I was 18. Gotcha. Okay, so one the... I would say the opposite side of the spectrum. We're going really conservative now, looking for ETFs. What because there's so many different ETFs you can choose from. What do you look for with an ETF? So cost was the big thing I'd look for. I was very aware of compounding, which can work in your favor, but can also work against you if you start incurring um, mm -hmm. fees, which you don't have to incur. I also looked at I wanted it to be globally diversified, but you know, I also had a couple of assumptions on where I wanted to be more exposed um, in within within the globe as, globe as a whole. So I looked for the global diversity, but also whereabouts it was weighted in, 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 in specific, specific regions and territories. So those were the two kind of core um, areas I, I, I'd assess. And I think one thing I, I did, did miss out or 
didn't allude to is I think I went for the fact that 95% of my savings slash investments every month would go into the safe ETF. And I did have a little 5% of, I called it experiment money, mm-hmm. or I would try and take some views on certain companies, which I thought would do well. And that for me was just, it was just making it a little bit more excitement. It was a little bit of, you know, I do have some opinions. I do have some viewpoints. I do want to be more involved in the stock market than just, you know, invest and forget in an ETF. So it was, it was, you know, 5%. I was happy. I, I didn't mind if all of that 5% every month ended up tanking. I was aware of the positives mm-hmm. of investing in a single stock, which is if it does very, very well, like a Tesla or any other single stock, which has boomed over the last um, however many years, then that's great. So that was my kind of play money. Yep. Gotcha. Back to the ETFs, the strategy there is it is quite safe. You were looking at different, like an ETF, for example, that has businesses, has stocks from all over the globe. Now, does it matter what industry they're part of? Like if they're maybe industrial or if they're tech or doesn't that really matter? For me, it didn't. For me, it didn't. I went for the most kind of hands-off approach. And I ended up settling okay. on the Vanguard All World where 95% okay. of my um, savings every month would, would, would go into that. Got it. And is that the only ETF you invest in or do you have a few? It was the only ETF I, I invested in, correct. Okay. One ETF. And do you invest in this ETF still and do you do it every month? I don't actually. I, I ended up pivoting my investment strategy quite majorly, which was I got to the point where you know, I was in my early 20s. I was investing consistently quite a high proportion of my income. So when I was working back in the day in finance, I was, I was actually investing anywhere between 40 to 50% of my monthly income wow. into ETF. So I had a very, very high savings rate. I was very into compounding my money. And then I ended up going through a bit of a, a bit of a kind of epiphany around my strategy. And I started thinking, you know, yeah, it's great to this ETF ticking away. It's great that, you know, I should in the long run have 7%. But it, while I'm young, I'd actually prefer to use that money to try and put it into or create something where I can add even more value. So it was more around kind of moving away from investing in stocks and bonds and thinking about different side hustles I could potentially invest in. And for me, there were two real drivers of that decision. One was bringing the control more into my core. So I knew that if I worked harder on creating the side hustle, that I I had more say in what happened to it. Whereas, of course, you know, with the stock market, in the long run, like I said, or have said a couple of times, it does go up. You Mm -hmm. are very much at the whim of the kind of economy and the general macroeconomic trends and not having that control um, just started playing my mind a bit. And then also, again, just in terms of young 20s, got a long roadmap until I want to start kind of accessing that wealth. I thought I might as well make a play here in terms of trying to set up a side which adds a lot of value somewhere to someone with the hope that every, you know, thousand bucks you put into it, you could be getting, you know, five to 10 back out as um, in terms of that side hustle kind of kicking off um, revenue every month. Gotcha. So this is very much in the category of investing in yourself. So I have to ask, do, do you still have your ETF or did you sell that to help fund your business? So I, I ended up selling my ETFs um, at the time to fund the side hustle and then my my app, which which mm. is which is my latest venture. So it was a, it was a big decision I had to make. 
Um, and I thought long and hard about it because um, I'm sure everyone's felt felt the pain of having to uh, hit withdraw that that withdrawal button and stop that compounding engine work its magic. But yeah, it was, it was you know a big decision, but, but it's something I look back on um, and, and think it was the right one. And it's you know really kind of defined the direction I took my life in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going all on black. All chips on black. We're all on Logan at this point. All in. <laughs> all on Logan. Yeah, I prefer saying all on Logan as opposed to all on um, all on red or black. But it was exactly that, and it was also. I mean, it got to a point where the fact that I had put my money to work and invested it in some form of mm-hmm. the the stock market that gave me the kind of cushion I needed to you know eventually withdraw it all, which gave me some breathing room, some time for me to put down my main job and just really kind of double down on investing, like you said, in myself. So that part yeah. of my journey in terms of starting with the stock market brought me a lot, um, a lot of lessons. It was really interesting for me to do, but most importantly, it gave me that buffer, which gave me the flexibility and kind of mini independence I needed to right. go out on a whim and start up the the side hustles and, and, and businesses moving forwards. Sure. Now, I do have to mention this and, and just I'm, I'm a few years older and have run into numerous entrepreneurs and there have been the 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 men or woman out there that I met. They have invested in themselves and they did that over one decade, two decades, three decades and did not invest in the stock market and use compound interest. And I've, I've run into people that are Unfortunately, they're in their 60s and 70s, and their business is far from thriving. It hasn't done very well. They can't sell it because it's a service business, for example, and yet they have no investments, no savings because they went all in on themselves over those decades. So just saying, um, if I were you and you start generating some nice passive revenue from your business, we'll get into your business's revenue here in a moment. I would I would definitely show interest in the stock market just as a kind of like money working for you in parallel. I'm big on parallel processing. I like things working for me without my time investment while I'm sleeping. And that gives me nice peace of mind. So just saying that <laughs> we're going to talk about your business here in a second, but just I've seen some horror stories, plenty of, I know guys are in their 70s. They can't sell their business. They got no savings. They have no choice but to work while their buddies are traveling to different countries and enjoying time off and seeing their family, playing golf five times a week. They don't get to do that because they still have to work. It's not a good place to be. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that with that mantra. And, and I think you said at the beginning, for me, it was very much kind of an age thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll get onto all of this, I'm sure, um, in, in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, I almost had a cut-off um, in my mind, which was, you know, if Side Hustle X, Business X hadn't done a, B, or C by this timeline, then it would be a question of kind of repivoting that, that, that strategy. And then also, again, I'm sure we'll go on to this, but like you said, and I'm doing exactly or will do exactly what, what you're mm. saying is as soon as you are producing excess income, so you're covering your expenses plus excess, I do have a long-term strategy to start investing that in a fully passive vehicle, which 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 yeah. is a stock market. Good, good for you. Well, let's let's talk about it. You've got a business here in, in- I assume it's it's Topia, right? Is the name of the app, right? I'm just curious here. Was there another business you started before, or is this the business that you sold the ETF and you went all in on? So there were side hustles before, but this was the business where I went I went all in on. So I'll briefly touch on 
two side hustles I had leading up to that. So one was I looked at my skill sets I had when I was young, one of which was playing the bagpipes. And I thought, you know, is there a demand for me to somehow monetize this skill, which I spent a lot of time kind of building up. So side hustle one, which I started when I was about 16, was create a little landing page. People could hire me for events, whether it was weddings, corporate events. Um, so that was more, more kind of side hustle mm-hmm. territory. I then, when I went into my 20s, wanted something more passive because what I realized with Side Hustle One being a musician was my input equaled my output. You know, for every hour I worked, I got a paycheck and, and it was very one, one-to-one in terms of that ratio. And I started thinking, you know, can, can I start creating something more passive where my time is not completely tied to the amount of money which I'm bringing in? So I then started up a drop shipping side hustle so i bought stuff wholesale um from china and then i was selling it through amazon's fba network mm-hmm. and again with that i didn't go all in but i did make a small withdrawal from the old etf portfolio to fund that first order and then started that kind of taking away um in the background and then like you said the big play i made was the utopia which i founded about two years ago and that was a case of I validated it as much as I could while working. I got to that point where I was very, very confident in um, the opportunity at hand and then made the decision to withdraw my ETF portfolio at the time and push that all into the first development stage of of that app, Topia. Gotcha. Okay. Real quick here before we jump into Topia, do you still create passive income of some sort with Amazon FBA or is that side hustle now shut down? I still create that. So that's semi-passive. I probably put it in maybe five to 10 hours every week. It, yeah. it brings in around 2000 pounds every month and it's just ticking along. Oh, that's excellent. I And we've had a few Amazon FBA sellers on the platform and and we know that it's not 100% passive. There is still some time. There's kind of like real estate. You still have to you know, if you're a landlord or you're even coordinating with property managers and you're interviewing candidates or whatever, there's still some time investment there. So good for you. It's it's like a reliable uh, 2K per month you you can depend on. So good for you. Um, so let's dive into Topia here. What does this app do for people? And then we're going to talk about how it makes money. Sure. So the, the story behind Topia is I came out of studying and I went into a finance job in, in the city here in the UK. And I went from being a quite a passionate, enthusiastic kind of young person to very quickly getting my spark dampened by just, you know, working very hard, not being passionate really at all about the job I was in and just started contemplating, you know, is this going to be me for the next 40 years? And I'd look around me at my managers and people more senior than me and I'd see you know, people well into their 50s, early 60s, kind of grinding away. And I kept having this fear that I'd shut my eyes and wake up and I'd be kind of sat in the exact same office, just a couple of chairs over, much more gray hair, looking very weathered. And just, you could just see how time would just snap by and I would just never kind of escape from this kind of, from the kind of clutches of, of, of corporate life. I, I got to stop you there. Fundamentally just, just wasn't. I was going to say that that's the moment you wake up out of your dream sweating like you just woke up from a nightmare. Like, oh, I'm so glad this is not reality. Right. Like like exactly, you exactly right? that. And, and yeah, 
I was, I was going to say you're, you're an entrepreneur and, and that entrepreneur grind and that passion. And then to wake up and look out 30, 35, 40 years later and be like, you never took that leap to be an entrepreneur. That to me is I've, I've had those nightmares and I tell you what, I will not allow that to be a reality. I'm sure you're very much the same. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, it was a real fear. And I think, you know, people just, just, I think they have that fear, but then very quickly kind of relinquish any willpower to go against the grain and a lot of people in these kind of big corporations are you know not hugely happy but um are just kind of content is the way i describe it yeah. and yeah i got to that point and i just started googling different different things about escaping and not being happy in your work and other jobs and i went down this rabbit hole and eventually stumbled across this movement called the FIRE movement, which is an acronym for financial independence, retire early. And I was less into the early retirement stage, but this idea of being financially independent and being able to kind of choose how you spend your time and choose what you work on and not being tied into a nine to five really resonated with me. And for me, the financial independence could mean setting up your own business and not being completely kind of proper centered. It could be spending more time with your family, but just this aura of choosing how I spent my time and not being constrained was really, really attractive. And I went full in on this concept of financial independence and the premise of it, which ties quite closely into what we've been speaking about is to save, you know, a quite high percentage of a salary each month, leverage investing in the stock market to rapidly compound your net worth to a point where you can, in theory, start drawing down from that portfolio from a much younger age compared to traditional retirement and then you know unlock the ability to do whatever you want, really. So that was um, something I, I became very, very passionate about, started pursuing it myself. And my new kind of vision of my life was to make the most of a good paying job, was to save, you know, 40 to 60% of my income every month and to hopefully reach financial independence in the next, I think it was at the time, seven to 10 years, which would have taken me to, you know, mid thirties, I could have unlocked financial independence. And, and at that point put down the career, which I wasn't hugely passionate about. But then what I started finding is that there are a lot of pain points in the journey of pursuing financial independence. You've got to do a lot of tracking, which involves big monster Excel spreadsheets where you input you know, how much your net worth is, you project it forwards, you do this, there are all these tax wrappers, acronyms, it was just a whole host of quite a lot of confusing content and, and confusing steps to get started. And I was always, you know, pretty into my maths, quite like my Excel, so I was fine with it. But what seemed to happen more often than not is I'd tell all my friends on the weekend, I was like, guys, you know, there's this thing, it exists, people are doing it, it's called FIRE. They, they are really escaping the rat race and you know, living life on their own terms. I'm doing it. Why don't you guys join me? Like, why, why wouldn't you want to be financially independent? And nine times out of 10, I'd go back to those same friends, you know, a month later and be like, guys, where are you? Like, have you done this? Have you done that? And they'd all look at me and be like, oh, you know, Logan, I just, I just got a bit, you know, baffled by this 4% withdrawal rate. And, and then there was a big Excel I looked at and I just thought, I don't want to spend my Sunday afternoon building out this Excel. So just through my own experience, I saw something I was really passionate about. So a lot of my friends and family already struggled to get started and started just thinking, you know, I've got an app which makes a lot of other areas of my life easier. Why isn't there an app helping people reach financial independence, which is this kind of life-changing output 
which is tangible and realistic. So that was the um, a long-winded story of, mm-hmm. of how Topia started. In terms of what Topia does now, the, the kind of big problems we tackle is we try and make it as easy as possible for someone who's never heard of financial independence to come onto our app and get started and get on the journey of financial independence as quickly as possible. So we use open banking so you can connect in all your assets, all your savings, all your investments, all your debts. We then have algorithms, calculations, which will start mapping out what your roadmap to financial independence would look like. So we ask you questions such as you know, how much money do you need to live on? Are you planning on any big expenditures, having a family, buying a house? And we model that all in to create a roadmap. And then Topia, the app, is there to help you at every step of the way, to keep you accountable, to help you accelerate how quickly you can get there. And we've got you know cool, clever little things trying to spot inefficiencies in your journey again to try and help you get to that financial independence point mm-hmm. sooner. And one of the most recent bits we've just bought into the app is this big side hustle focus, because if you do want to be financial independence really as quickly as possible, then one of the fastest ways to do that is to set up a side hustle. And even in my case, you know, just having that 2000 Ticking away every month made me, you know, pretty close to being financially independent in terms mm-hmm. of I think I could cover my expenditures now in my twenties. It wouldn't sustain me if I wanted to start a family, but right. it, it definitely opened up a pocket. Whereas if I wanted to draw down two thousand pounds on my portfolio, you know, I'd need upwards of three hundred thousand in there to draw down from four percent. So it just really put into into perspective the kind of different ways of accumulating wealth and, and accessing free cash flow. So that's something which which is quite a big part of, of Topia as well. But that's where we are right now with, with the app itself. Gotcha. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time-consuming, too risky? It doesn't have to be. If you ever considered investing on your own but don't know where to start, Ticker is your solution. Ticker safely guides you through your investment journey by finding great stocks and showing you why those stocks are on sale, giving you the confidence that you're making a wise investment. I created Ticker because, number one, I wanted to remove emotions from investing. In other words, I wanted a software to make buying and selling decisions for me so I don't have to. Number two, I wanted to save time. Analyzing stocks can take hours, if not days, and I didn't want to spend all day looking at a computer. I have other hobbies in life I'd rather be enjoying. I've been using Ticker the last five years to generate average returns ranging between 15% and 50% per year. Seeing that I was generating consistent high returns multiple years in a row motivated me to turn this software into a tool to share with others. If you're interested, you can get started with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. Now, it, I'm on your site here, just topia-app.com. I'll have you promoted at the end as well. And it looks like it's a free app available with iPhone and Android. And it looks like, do you have a, do you have the ability to put in like manual numbers and then it kind of projects as well? Yeah, correct. So you can put in manual or you can automate. So we have 
meet in a way where, in theory, and no one's yet proven me wrong, you can enter any sort of asset you want to, because I'm sure, as as everyone here listening knows, there are so many different vehicles yeah. to invest in, which have different things. So you can manually enter everything, and you can also connect as many things as possible, assuming they they do have APIs for open banking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it, it it's uh, not monetized. Is that correct? It's not monetized right now, but we will be monetizing in 2023. So, so what we are building out at the moment are premium feature sets. And the headline feature set, which we will launch in, in January, which will charge a couple of bucks um, or, or pounds a month for, is something called the Freedom Explorer, which is really interesting. And, and what it fundamentally is, is a way for you to explore how much freedom you have right now. So once you've connected in your network and Tokyo sees your kind of financial picture, the Freedom Explorer allows you to build different scenarios of how much you could start drawing down from your net worth right now, how that would impact your future or your ultimate kind of financial roadmap. So, you know, you could turn off your full-time income and you could, you know, start withdrawing 4% from one of your investments. You could increase the rent of one of your rental properties slightly and see how that how much cash from that gives you sure. and what sort of impact that's going to have on your journey and it's really interesting for people just to get a sense of what sort of lifestyle they could unlock right now with what they've built up already so long story short we will be monetizing through premium premium features in the in the new year good for you and that sounds like a couple of boxes is going to be like a SaaS platform it's going to be a SaaS platform with with two tiers. One is features, which is a couple of bucks, and then the second tier is actually an online coaching community, which would be um, around fifty bucks a month, where you get access to your own side hustle coach. They have their own side hustle courses, which you can follow. Mm-hmm. We pair people up with the right side hustle for them. So based on how much capital capital they have to invest in a side hustle, how much time they have, what their skill sets are, we'll then match you with the best side hustle and the best side hustle coach. And then the idea is we put people into these cohorts of, you know, the easiest example would be my example, which would be Amazon FBA shipping. You know, you guys have all been matched up as that, that that's the best side hustle for you to pursue. You have your coach. He's got an online course. You week you meet every every week, and this expert is helping you get that side hustle set up. And we'll start charging people um, a monthly subscription for for that service. Nice. And this is completely bootstrapped. You didn't raise capital. We did raise capital to. Mm. We raised. I bootstrapped it for six months, and then we raised a seed round of of, of capital to further just. Get, get more hands on deck ready to to build it and also to to expand to the US, which we did about four months ago. Nice. Okay. How many users do you have on the platform now? We've got just under 10,000. I was hoping we might hit the 10,000 mark before the podcast and, and it's still. 10,000, but we're still just shy of it. Still, that's pretty good. And uh, you've been, you said two years, right? You've been live? Not live. We've been live a year. Uh, we live started year. two years ago. It took about a year to get all the ducks aligned and, and build it. Gotcha. And your marketing strategy, how do you how do you bring in the most users? So we haven't actually spent a dime on marketing. It's all been fully organic. So the the the, the fire community is is very prevalent and mm-hmm. lots of online Reddit communities, Facebook groups, podcasts. So we've just been quite active within those communities talking about what we're building telling people what we're up to. It's been a lot of word of mouth because a lot of people are quite keen to um, 
to hand in their spreadsheets and switch switch up to a more modern automated tool. So that's um, been our main marketing push at the moment. I think the next big challenge we have is, you know, how do we move beyond the, the, the fire community and how do we grab, you know, someone in the mid-20s off the street of a city yeah. who's never even thought of the concept of financial independence as just at the start of their career, how do we bring them into our ecosystem? How do we kind of educate them on financial independence, their finances? Mm. That's the next big challenge, which which will require a bit more, a bit more of a marketing strategy to to right. execute. That's where I see, and and when you unlock the the payment tiers that allow you to really bring in some nice channel partners. And we'll, I want to talk offline because I do see some really good synergies between you guys and Ticker. Serve the same audience, but very different products. Um, so it's, it's a great fit. Um, yeah, really cool what you're building. I, I like your strategy, the organic process of being in different locations all over the internet. I'm looking on your site. Um, you've got some featured on like Stacking Benjamins, Earn and Invest. Business Insider, that's very popular. That's awesome. Um, so good for you. How I'm curious, how big is your team now? So at the moment, there are seven of us working on on Topia, and we took the frugal mindset, which is quite synonymous around the the fire community, in terms of you know we didn't just want to bring on hands and feet for the sake of it, keep it really lean, bring on the right people who are really kind of invested into our mission and what we want to achieve. And um, yeah, we've been cracking away for about the last year with that team, um, really agile, really effective and, and really passionate. Gotcha. And are you the sole partner in the business or do you have partners? Yeah, we've got a partner and a co-founder called Franz Sabatier, who's quite... Um, he, I'd like to call him, he probably didn't call himself this, but I'd like to call him one of the founding fathers of the of the financial independence movement. Mm-hmm. So he wrote one of the um, selling books on financial independence. He's got a very popular podcast on financial freedom. Um, so he was one of the big players in, in that space. And, you know, when I told him about my mission of helping people, more people get onto the journey and, and using an automated digital tool to help them, he was immediately like, hell yeah, that sounds exactly what I've been trying to do with you know my books, my podcasts, everything else. So he um, joined his co-founder as we as we launched into the US. That's great. I love that partnership because he's somebody, he's got a book out there, already has an audience, but then you bolt on the, the software application to really take this to the next level. Um, smart strategy there. I think that's a great partner. I think I have seen, I'm on your site. I see Grant's photo. I have seen his photo around. Um, haven't spoken with him, but um, yeah, I do know of him. Um, so awesome. Um, before we jump to the rapid fire round, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about your company? There, there's nothing to share. I think, you know, right now where we are, it's completely free. So if you haven't heard of financial independence, like the sound of it, it's definitely worth just, just having a play around on it, seeing, seeing what it's all about. Even if you don't want to jump onto the app itself, even just reading up on financial independence and early retirement, I mean, it completely changed my life. I think I've sp- I spend my days speaking to people who have achieved financial independence and, you know, it, it really is life changing, which which is what gets me up every day. So mm-hmm. I would say check out financial independence. Um, there's, there's a huge amount of content on it. 
if it tickles your taste buds, then uh, yeah, Topia is is the only app purely built for financial independence. Everything we do is to help people get started, get set up, and 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 accelerate their time. So that's the last I'll say on it. And yeah, very excited for the for the quick fire. Yeah, well, let's dive in. If you can try to answer each question in fifteen seconds or less, you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast is the choose fi um podcast and also the fi show with both you know a lot of golden nuggets about about reaching financial independence right on right on yep very familiar with choose fi um what is a recent book you read and would recommend die with zero was a great book which puts a whole new lens on the kind of longevity of your money and what you want to achieve out of it gotcha you broke up slightly there was the name of the book Die with zero. Die with zero. Yes. Gotcha. I've never heard of this book. Interesting. All right. Next question. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie. I'm a big sucker for Tom Hanks. So my favorite movie is Catch Me If You Can, which also has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. But um, yeah, a great film with uh, a man who's got a great hustle mentality. So that's my favorite film. Yes. Great film indeed. All right. We have some business-related questions. First one is, what is the the worst business or investment advice you've ever received? People telling me not to do it around starting up a business or a side hustle. The amount of people who said that is a bad idea, that's very risky, stick to the safety of your of your corporate net uh, was countless. So definitely up there with, with worst advice I've got. I love it. You've got this army of people pushing up against you and your answer is no. Love it. I'm going to do it my way. All right. Let's flip the equation here. What is the best business or investment advice you ever received? Don't rush and spend time validating. I think it's so, so easy to think you have a great idea to fall into all sorts of biases with yourself and just go gung-ho with time and capital into that idea without spending a proper amount of time validating it. And I've seen so, I almost fell into it myself. I've seen so many other people fall into it, but luckily got the great advice. So spend more time than you think and then double it again to validate an idea. Speak to other people about it. Don't speak to people who are your friends or your family because the chances are they're going right. to give you biased opinions and biased right. advice. So really, really spend time validating before you spend any sort of significant capital or time on it. Right. I, I want to dive into that just real briefly here, even though it is a rapid fire round. Um, you're right. You you want to validate, but there are also people who get into analysis paralysis phase and they just start validating for months and sometimes years. So it's this, this happy medium. I'm curious, how long did you validate your idea? Very good question. It's, it's a great question. So I probably validated it for two, maybe three months, quite intensive validation. Mm. And I think the metric for me was less about time and more about number of people I was speaking yes. to. And it got to a point where I had, I can't remember how many it was, but X amount of people where, you know, it was basically like a hell yeah, I would use this. And hell yeah, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of value out here. Mm. And once I got to that point that I felt confident, I'd run it by, you know, people who were mentoring me at the time. And that for me was a big kind of green light to 
you know, you can you can enter this. But I was maybe on the opposite of the spectrum where I was, you know, really, really ready to just let loose and start creating it, building it, and doing that. And I was kind of being held back. I think for people on the other side of the spectrum where she's taking that plunge and you know, going for it is a huge challenge. And um, you know, then I think you know you really do need to listen to those hell yeah, really do have belief in yourself. Yeah. And in that mindset of if you don't do it now, you'll probably never do it. And I know for me, if I never did take that plunge, it would haunt me probably for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. You you did kind of like what um I did with ticker is is talk to your audience and talk to as many people in the shortest amount of time as possible. Don't wait weeks between conversations. I'm talking hours. Like get like one of those deals, you probably did the same thing. How many phone calls or how many Zoom calls or how many in-person meetings can I line up per day over the next four weeks and just stack them? Yeah. I I also like a call out too is I I did not share the idea with any friends or family. Didn't even share the idea. I I just went right past them to find potential customers that I don't even know and get their feedback. I'm assuming you did the same thing. Exactly that. And there's another great book um, called The Mum Test. And the premise of the Reddit. book is yeah. So there are these examples where people speak to you know 20 people about their idea, and you know the feedback is oh it's amazing you should do it. And then the yeah, the idea kind of crumbles and falls through when they start executing on it. And it's because they lost, you know, their mom, their grandma, their auntie, their uncle, you know, any close family member who will say, yeah. So completely that it's um yeah, get out there, speak to people who you don't even know who you are. If you have to stop them on the street, which I did a couple of times, I know other founders do, but you definitely don't want to be speaking to, you know, friends of friends or no. family members. No, and they and they can know about it, right? But there, you're right. There's going to be a bias there. Maybe they don't want to hurt your feelings, or maybe it's the whole, like you said, like, are you sure you want to start this business? You know, starting a business is risky. No matter what your idea is, it could be the best idea in the world. To be like, you know, you should probably keep your job. It's just safer. Stay there the next fifty years. It's just, you know, that'll allow me to sleep better at night, knowing you're in a nice, safe career. It's like, okay. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the older, the older generation. I mean, I completely agree with everything you said, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I think if I was part of that more kind of older generation, I would probably give them the same advice. Because when they grew up, you know, it was unheard of to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And it was something which just wasn't a thing, and it was just so normal and just a done thing to strap into a corporation mm. and just sit there plodding your way up. Whereas now, you know, it really – we do live in this incredible time. It's never been easier to set up your own hustle or business. The barrier entry is so low. There's all this no-code tag. There's you know you've got a laptop in front of you. There's so many ways to get started and and, and start that ball rolling, which is completely different to right. to the past generations. Spot on. Completely agree. All right. Last question here is a time machine question. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? I'd visit a 16-year-old Logan who would probably tell me to get lost, but I would persevere and tell him I'm not going to get lost until I give you this piece of advice, which would be to spend time, as much as time as possible, upskilling myself and just reading into up-and-coming trends. And I think doing that combined with upkeeping yourself just opens up so many doors and Maybe 16 is slightly young, but when you are younger, especially in your kind of studying stage, you do just have so much free time. 
which can be wasted. And if you just spend that looking into upcoming trends, seeing if you can upskill yourself, you know, learn how learn how to build websites, learn how to code, you can then monetize those skills later down the line. And I think if you start laying that skill set from a young age, it can really pay you dividends in your later life. Sure. Sure. Great advice. All right. So turn it over to you. Where can the audience reach you? So our website is, is toko-app.com or you can reach out to me directly. I do get back to every email which is sent to me, which is logan at topia-app.com. So feel free to ping me a message if you have any specific questions. Otherwise, we have you know, contact forms and email addresses on our website. Topia is also on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Logan Lecky. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Logan. This was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll see ya. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya. See ya.